Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. Oh yeah, it is just another Monday, and I mean, that's the way I look at it, just another Monday, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I know that for some people, Mondays are a big deal. For me, it's, it's back to business, it's back to work, and um, it's back to our show, which Honestly, Mondays kind of suck. It's the highlight of my Monday oftentimes. Uh, I know we got another big um, big guest grouping here today. Um, somebody from a band you may know, or you may not, depending on your age, but you probably have heard of. Uh, and uh, we have a, a another adult entertainment staple, uh, as well as another wrestler here with us. So Icon doing his job, booking again. We got Granny Hulkster here along for the ride. Uh, also, we have Otto Von Clutch on with us. As uh, I know, Otto, you're you're planning on. I, I don't know if it's still in the works or not, but I'm pretty sure this is the month you're getting a show, aren't you? Pretty soon, putting on a show. Putting yeah, what? Yeah. Yes, I'm actually putting on a show. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying you're getting like like a podcast, right? We, I guess, would. You know what? If we are, the world is going to be in for a real treat. Okay. See, I I, I was under the impression I I had heard that you might be, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure on that. I mean, I have so many things go on throughout the course of the day. So, um, but uh, okay. Well, uh, hey, hopefully you do. Hopefully you do. Um, so, uh, Granny, how you doing? I'm okay. By you, Icon. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. I've uh, I've had a pretty tough week. Uh, you know, uh, I want to send a shout out to uh, my immediate uh, family. We lost our cousin uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, lost his battle to ALS. 
uh, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, he passed away. Uh, he's my favorite cousin. Um, and uh, funeral well, this week, prayer services this week, and uh, gonna miss him. And I uh, lost my uh, position at uh, the place I was working. I'm not going to name their name because they don't deserve any press at all, except <laughs> the bad press I'm about to give them. Uh, but I uh, I started a new job today. Uh, and nice. I start, uh, <clears throat> Quick turnaround. I two jobs. Yeah, I start working two jobs tomorrow. And uh, I just want to go through real quick. I can talk about our guests. So I'll name our guests this week. And then uh, people have to stay tuned uh, to the show uh, to hear the guests uh, next week because uh, we got a power lineup. But uh, this week uh, we're going to have uh, Brody Steele. Uh, he's going to join us. We're going to be calling him in, uh, well, about 12 minutes. Uh, we are going to have uh, the last dance with Molly Chain. Uh, she's going to be on with us. Uh, she was uh, 2018 Miss Hot Months, 2018 and 19 Miss Galaxy. Uh, she was 2019 Golden Girl. She was 2019 Miss Erotic Illinois. Uh, 2019 nice. this, 2019 that. Uh, and, uh, we nice, nice. Of, uh, yeah, we had one of the gals that she competes with on, and uh, she was uh, she took the title from that particular guest. And she said, well, why don't you have the current uh, reigning champion for all these? And I said, well, I didn't know you had any interest. Uh, but she said, yeah, I do. And uh, so she's going to be on with us. And um, that's uh, what we're going to do. And uh, real quick here, I want to kind of get um, – I do want to kind of get a little uh, iconish here real quick. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, oh boy! And uh, what I'm going to say is, uh, you know, there's uh, I I like to post on Facebook. I like to uh, uh, tell people what I'm doing and uh, all this stuff. And uh, you know, some uh, you know sometimes I uh, you know I I do try and put myself over, which isn't a hard thing. But there's a lot of people that'll make comments, and uh, I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show because I send links out there. Uh, and some of these people that uh, like to uh, say stuff about me on Facebook might be listening. So I'm going to tell you this. Oh, boy. Uh, Here we go. Get, yeah, get your recorders ready, you. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If you got something to say to me, to my face, you guys know where I'm at. I post on Facebook where I'm at. So if you got something to say to me, if you got the guts, why don't you come say it to my face, and I'll knock your freaking head off. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't sit on... Don't sit on Facebook and type BS if you can't back it up. You come see me, I'll take care of you. That's all sure, I got. Icon. Icon, how about this? How about how about we do this? Um, how about we do we do we do this. We we keep you out of jail because obviously uh, you know, you're making threats over here. We can't be doing that. Um, but but yeah, I I get it. Icon people like to talk. That's their big thing. People that's social justice warriors are the new norm. Um, I, I think honestly, if I can give you an honest opinion on all of this, uh, uh-huh. I, I don't. I, I don't think that you should let it bother you as much as you do. Um, I think you should kind of look at it and laugh and know, you know, who you are as a person and know you know, you're the bigger person and just be like, ah, eh, you know, they're only making fools of themselves. 
uh, instead of letting it get under your skin the way you do. Well, that's true, and I probably shouldn't, and uh, I, I shouldn't be using our medium here to vent, but I just had to get that out of out there. No, it's all right. That's what this space. medium's for, you know? That's what this medium's for. I mean, I vented today about, uh, about you know, I, I have been, people have been talking about the Houston Astros and this whole cheating thing, and I've had to talk about, oh, there's a, there's a notification right there, speak of the devil. I've been talking about um, that on my sports show for the last week. And you know that, that that's the beauty of radio, man. It's 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 designed to vent. So vent away. Uh, you know, just just know that you know the people who are doing it aren't gonna stop doing it just because you're venting. You know, you have to well, you have to be the bigger person in that regard. So, but I know that. But uh, you know, I, can I say one thing about the uh, the Astros thing you mentioned? I'm just gonna. This is not a baseball show. It's a wrestling show and an entertainment no, right. mecca. But I, I just want I just want to uh, yes they were stealing signs but think about this though one thing that people have not uh, come up with the fact that the the baseball players even though they were still stealing signs they still had to hit the ball out of the damn ballpark you can't steal a sign to hit a ball out of a ballpark. Um. Well, no, but and this is coming from uh, from somebody who covers sports radio a lot and who played baseball in my younger years. Um, if you know what pitch is coming, it's a hell of a lot easier to hit it than if you don't. I mean, part of part of why pitching, uh, you know, you know how they say you've heard this old analogy. I know the Twins haven't had a good pitcher in decades, but if you you talk about um, pitching is so pivotal in the playoffs. The reason for that is because you can shut down an offense with your pitching if they if you if you keep them guessing you throw different you know cutters sliders curveballs you know different fastballs high low and they got to try to guess on it and try to make it if you know what's coming you say okay well it's going to be a curveball i, I got to prepare myself for that or, oh he's going to throw me a fastball it's a whole hell of a lot easier to hit it out of the park in that regard so i i do get it they still do have to get the bat on the ball and put the power behind it but it's kind of like when you play zone defense in, in basketball. You leave somebody wide open from three, chances are they're going to hit it if they're a professional or a D1 college athlete. So I think that um, that what the Astros did was deplorable, but, uh, you know, obviously I'm a Yankee fan up here in New York, and we were the ones most affected by it, us and the Dodgers. Uh, so, I, you know, that's obviously why I'm a little upset. You know, it, it is what it is, man. It, you know, it, life happens. We move on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you guys, we've had – We've had uh, uh, we've had plenty of uh, you know baseball uh, people involved in baseball on this show. You know Zach Henfrey's and uh, Andy Strasburg and Roger Maris Jr. and a few others. But uh, you know, think about you know I'm a big baseball fan. You know, there's one thing about baseball that many people may not have realized or they may have. But think about this: baseball. Not only is it the great sport, but think about this: baseball is the only sport where the defense has the ball. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, true. I, I'm with it. I like that analogy. But um, so, but anyways, Icon, uh, we've got our first guest. We gotta we gotta give him a shout. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll make that right phone now? call. I I can, or we can we can. Vamp back and forth for a little bit. It, it, it's it's up to you. I I'm fine with whatever, man. Whatever you want to do. Well, well, I'll tell you what. If you want to go ahead and call him, uh, you know, just in case, uh, so we can get him on at the 15 mark. Um, you know, that way, if something happens, if there's a busy signal, whatever, you can try again. 
Okay, let me um, let me go to the uh, let me go to the actual call tab here, because uh, Blog Talk Radio doesn't make anything easy. All right, let me go to this. Um, and what Trust I'll do is me. I'll place it. This- when you're when you're hosting the show and trying to put everything together too, I I've done that. I don't like doing that. I can do it, but I don't like doing it. You know? Yeah, and very, very rarely uh, am I going to force you to do that. I mean, I, I have a couple of times where I'm going to have to cover Yankee games this summer where I might not be back from the city uh, in time, but uh, it's going to be very, very sparing. Uh, I'll mostly be here, you know, on Mondays. Uh, all right, I'll go ahead and give him a shout. Although there is a, there, there, there is a guy out there that uh, everybody knows who I'm probably referring to, uh, could study for two years and not uh, – Pass the piss test, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah um, you know, it says call failed or was not answered. That's weird. Hang on a second. Anyway, keep going. Try again. Yeah, yeah try again. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be getting uh, 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 Brody on here with us. Um, hopefully, there we go. There it is. That sounds a little better. Brody, uh, if you want to hold on here a second, I'm going to introduce you. Then we'll uh, go, go to the interview, all right? Hello? Brody, you with us? Says he's with us. I don't know what his cell service is like, though. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and introduce him, and then... Uh, uh, well, no, no, no. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to try one more time, because... Again, I don't know what his cell service looks like, but maybe maybe he got cut off or something. Let's give it one more shot because you don't want to introduce him and then have it be, be silent. Silence. Whoa. 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 That's a lovely noise, huh? Sounds like a fax machine. Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll try right. again here in a minute. All right. That's the beauty of uh, of live radio. <laughs> and that, that's that is the beauty of it. That we are live because if we weren't, this would have been edited out. So there you go. Oh, of course, yeah. That, and that's the thing. And it still might be like like, like when I go back and 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 you know have all the clips and have all the uh, the stuff for later on. It, it still might be uh, still might be um, edited out. Let's see here. You know, think about this. So I think we are the only podcast that here he is. Not is live. That's not rebroadcast. I mean, we got friends in the podcast business, but they they take their show and they put it. I think it's a voicemail. I think we got voicemail. So, anyways, Icon, if you want to reach out to Brody, okay. My question here is, Icon, why do we have to call him? Why can't he call us? Uh, because he didn't know where he was going to be. Well, obviously, he's somewhere that doesn't have good cell service. But if you would like to reach out and tell him to call in that I've tried calling him four times now, um, then by all means, try that. I mean, I'll try one more time. I I don't want to annoy the guy. You know, I don't want to piss him off. Yeah, well, this is one big guy. You don't want to piss off. That's for certain. Exactly. (laughs) Oh. Um, so yeah, if you want to reach out to him, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, 
the beginning of beginning of Raw and all that. All right, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll try calling him on my cell. Um, and see what happens here. Hold on a second. Hopefully, I'll be able to do a, a merge. Oh, do it kind of like a kind of like a three-way call kind of a situation yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cute. Like, all right, be watching, be watching the board because if it doesn't work, I'm gonna have to. I'll have to disconnect and call back. So, um, I, I might let you on. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me see here. Hold on a second. So, so Granny, um, did you? Uh, did you see the beginning of all? Yeah, um, I off and on I did. I was busy doing some stuff, but yeah, I saw the beginning of it. So. Do you think they're gonna? Do you think they're going to mismanage Drew McIntyre the way that they mismanaged Braun Strowman and not put the belt on him after all this buildup? I don't know. You know, I I like the fact that Drew McIntyre took him out three times with the Claymore. <laughs> I love that. So. Yeah, well, I bet. I yeah, that, that was that was fun. I, I just can't stand Brock Lesnar. You know, but uh, we all know how Granny feels about Brock Lesnar. But that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there. But you know, about so. most heels, honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm you know I'm recuperating. I went to a wrestling show Saturday night right here in my local town and we had a standing room we had a standing room only we actually had to turn a few people away because we ran out of room and they're working on trying to get a maybe a little bit bigger building and i'm hoping that they do you know i um i haven't been to my wrestling okay no no just just continue Uh, the story real quick and then we'll get him on oh oh no 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 go ahead our guest comes first so Okay, no, no, so Icon, you got him? I don't want to hear the story. All right. Yeah, Ladies see? and gentlemen, <laughs> stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is the biggest man to ever grace the independent square circle. <laughs> Swing round. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man of steel himself. Here's Brody Steel. Yeah, that's me. Well, I was kind of hoping you do the liner, but we can go ahead and skip that <laughs> now, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead. Do what? Well, you know, I sent you a, a little liner to do. Uh, I'm for, not doing uh, that shit. Okay. All right. All right. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well. Uh, oh, this is going to be fun already. To- yeah, I, I, I can I can tell I can tell that. Uh, anyway, uh, Brody steals our Brody steals our guest here. We have uh, 28 minutes here with Brody. So, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll go ahead and talk to you. You don't. If I if I give background of myself, then you'll go ahead and you don't know anybody. You haven't researched me. Uh, well, I have. But Why don't you tell me? Little... Tell me. You tell me about me. All right. Well. Uh, Kind of hope that you'd uh, go through it for our, our listeners, but uh, oh, anyway. stop, st- stop stammering! I, uh, stop stammering! You're all nervous. I'm just joking. Where are you anyway? I don't, I, I don't even know where you're calling from. I'm calling three from North Dakota. Uh, okay, Granny, okay. Granny's in Arkansas, and uh, Big Swing is running the studio live in New York right now on the air. Uh, we yes, have a Dakota guy. That can, uh, I, I live in the Maritimes, uh, eastern Canada, far, as far east as you can guess. And we used to go, have a guy from South Dakota named Jason Bates who used to come up here in the summers back in the day, maybe 2001, 2002. Really, they called him the street fighter. Hell of a worker. Yeah, well, uh, uh, 
My my deal is I've I've been wrestling for 22 years. I've wrestled in 40 different countries. Uh, I'm over 50 now. I still wrestle full time. Actually, I'm just recovering from a from a knee injury, but uh, I'm I'm back uh, taking taking a few bookings now. But uh, come April, I'm not like the American indie marks that you guys usually talk to. I don't just work on the weekends. I, you know, I. Uh, <laughs> I generally I generally would do 300 matches a year for the bulk of my career or more. So, you know, I was, uh, I've spent most of my career in in, uh, in Europe. Uh, I wrestle a little bit in North America, but not much. But I've been on most of the continents. And uh, e- now even uh, last year I did 125 matches, which was uh, which is down uh, c- compared to what I used to. But, uh, you know, as you, as you get uh, – as you uh, – conduct your business better you make more money per booking so uh so it was, mm-hmm. it was actually my best my best year ever but uh financially but uh you know back in the days have to go seven nights a week uh brody steals our guest here we got uh, 26 minutes here with brody so now you mentioned you wrestle a lot in europe do you have a favorite place in europe that you wrestle where uh you have you get more of a pop than uh in other places pop yeah yeah, I like Germany. I've I've spent the majority of my career in England. That's where the bulk of work is. But uh, but uh, Germany has always been my favorite place to wrestle. I, I work for now. I'm working for a company called uh, Power of Wrestling (POW), which uh, they're going back to the old tournaments, uh, the old German tournament style, and doing the, doing the big uh, doing the big big arenas in uh, in Germany, Hanover, like the the big uh, traditional areas, Hanover, Bremen. Hamburg, you know, the, I don't know if you know of, of, of German wrestling, of the history, but uh, that's uh, those are the main towns. So they used to do 60 to 90 day tournaments in those towns. And uh, you're obviously the currently the best wrestler on the POW roster, obviously. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, it's a, it's a it's a big run. I'm six foot six and and uh, 310 pounds, and uh, I'm pretty much. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an average size guy there, but uh, on that roster, there's you know there's a few guys bigger than me. It's it's a it's a big it, it's traditional <laughs> wrestling. It's not. It, it, I mean, there are some flippity floppity uh, little guys, but uh, it, that doesn't seem to to relate to the fans there. The the fans uh, the German fans are kind of uh, old. The, the, what you would maybe relate to is uh, they're kind of old, like the, like the old school Southern wrestling fans, uh, Southern United States. They want realism. They want a brawl. They want they they want a little bit of blood. They want they want to fight. And um, there's no scenario in real life where you would be in the middle of a fight and for some reason do a cartwheel. Yeah, well, you that's know, true. They're, they're, uh, being, being the big wrestler that you are, there there is a reason why, uh, especially the way the interview started. I am treading lightly right now, but anyway. Uh, so when you wrestle, uh, do you have that uh, that baby face persona, the heel persona, or are you uh, basically with the crowd decide you're going to be? No, I'm generally a heel. You're generally it's, a heel. You know, right? As a big, mean-looking guy, it's just uh, you know, it's it's a, and to be honest, I'm I'm, I'm not forever. You know, you're listening to me right now. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a grumbly, uh, a grumpy person at uh, the best of times. So it's just easy for me to be a heel. And, well, you, you know, know, I it's, it's, uh, it's all I about sympathy. It's, it's all about sympathy and emotion in wrestling. So you know, it's it's 
it's it's hard for a big guy to get sympathy. You know, Hulk Hogan was good at it. And there's a there's a few, but it's very difficult. Well, you know, I shouldn't say this. You know, I'm looking at uh, you know the card I made for you, and you are a big guy. You could have been a member of the Fantastic Four. But uh, Granny, uh, we got a heel on our hands. Uh, we got uh, we got uh, Mr. Steel here. I'm going to call him Mr. Steel for the rest of the interview. We got yeah, you better call him Mr. Our... Steel out of respect, there, Icon. That's all I yeah. got to so say. So what do you have? What do you have for our guest here, Mr. Steel? Well, go ahead, Granny. Hello, Mr. Steel. I am yeah. Granny Hulkster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a big fan of the sport and. Granny does not like the heels, so I think I would have a lot of fun talking some smack. What do they? My what do they call you, Granny? Are you old? No. Well, I'm fifty, darling. I'm fifty-seven yes. years old. I'll be fifty-eight in August. Okay, but <laughs> well, well, I'm, fi- I'm I, fifty-two, so we're we're basically I, we, we might have went had, to school together. Well, I was born in you know 1962, so I graduated in 1980 from high school. But anyways. Moving on, I had a coworker give me the name Granny Hulkster because I love to watch wrestling. And I had a very mm-hmm. good friend make me a T-shirt, What You Gonna Do When Granny Hulkster Goes Crazy on You. And I've had this gimmick name for probably two, almost 30 years now because I just love to watch the sport. And I love hollering at the bad guys. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. just it's a lot of fun. So what has been one of your most challenging matches you've had in your career uh challenging uh i started going to india five years ago maybe four yeah four years actually four years ago last month and uh i thought i was going to uh, they i was contacted by jinder mahal who's now in uh, wwe and uh i went Mm -hmm. over to work uh, against the great kali so uh, i i thought i thought you know they they said it's going to be huge crowds so I thought to myself, you know, independent wrestling, huge crowd is three, four thousand, but we actually had seventy-two thousand people at one of the events. Wow! And uh, all of the smallest attended event that we've ever had. I work for this company to this day, uh, uh, probably one, one or two tours a year. We've never had less than twenty-five thousand. So you know, it's uh, we owe draw WrestleMania there. It doesn't get any any publicity. We went to the Himalayas. Uh, a year and a half ago, we got back-to-back nights of eighty thousand. You know, all wow. outdoor shows. Just to, anyway, that that's the to go to get in the ring and uh, you know, Kali was was a superhero there, but it's a challenging match because you know to go out and uh, you know he's uh, he's not that mobile anymore, and to go out and uh, entertain that many people with uh, with Kali is a bit of a challenge, but uh, it's a fun challenge. It's a painful oh, yeah. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, just just so you just so you know just so you know, Mr. Steele, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of really any wrestler. I mean, I've I've stood up to some big guys like six foot six, seven foot two. You know, I mean, I look up at them and I'm standing there with my fists all doubled up in their faces, and you know, they're like, "What are you gonna do? Hit me, Granny?" And I said, "Well, what do you think?" <laughs> you know, and I just. We have a lot of fun. We have you. a lot of fun with each other. We have a lot of fun. We make it. I, I try to make it fun for the fans too because they all get I, the brain chant just, going. I would just so. knock your tooth out. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> probably would. You probably would. Or you would tell me to sit down and shut up and before I break a hip, you know, or like most of them Ooh. do. So. Uh, Brody Steele's our guest here, Mr. Steele. Uh, we have uh, 19 minutes here with Brody. Uh, Let's uh quick uh, uh if he's still with us, let's go ahead quick with the Superboy. Uh 
and uh, then we'll go to Big Swing. What do you got there, Otto? Hey, what's going on, Brody? Otto here. Uh, I have a good Hi, question for you, brother. Uh, your trainer, Tom, uh, Tommy Martin, how was it like training with uh, Tommy? Who's Tommy Martin? That's the trainer that they – well, I'm going off of what Wikipedia says here, and on Wikipedia they're saying that Tommy Martin was your trainer. Is that so? What, I have no fucking idea Tommy? who Tommy Martin is. It, you guys have done no research at all, have you? No, actually, I did do research. I mean, I looked you up on the Internet. I have no fucking know. idea who Tommy Martin is, so obviously you didn't research me. All right, well, I mean, <laughs> I did. I looked it up, and that's what it was, man. So I guess we got to tell Who is Tommy Martin? We can't get, trust enlighten me. Who is Tommy Martin? Who is Tommy Martin? No, seriously. Do you know who he is? Dude, I don't no, know. That's what I'm asking you, brother. Saying is Tommy Martin, the guy named Leo. Leo yeah, Burke. Leo Burke. Yeah, I guess Leo he's Burke's the greatest Tommy wrestler that's ever lived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Leo, Leo Burke uh, was my main trainer. At uh, He was training people for WCW at uh, Bret Hart's house at the time. Okay. That, that's, that's where I got my training. What was that? I have no was idea that, who Tommy Martin is. What was that uh, at Bret Hart's house, or was that at his dad's house in the dungeon? No, no, Bret's house. Bret, Bret had a Bret had a WWE uh, ring in his basement uh, or in his pool room by his pool. So uh, uh, Stu was getting that was 1999. I started in mm-hmm. 1998, but but I went out there for more training in 1999. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I Brett, mean, uh, uh, Stu, Stu, Stu still had the dungeon, but uh, not many people were training there then. Uh, Brett, uh, as a matter of fact, Bret Hart's company, SharpshooterFunding.com. We appreciate them being a sponsor of our show. Um, well, uh, Big Swing, uh, uh, I would uh, suggest whatever your question is, I would suggest it be right on because he's probably going to put us all in a in a in a headlock. So we got uh, Mr. Steele here with us. We got 17 minutes. Uh, Big swing, go ahead. Tread lightly. Well, okay, well, uh, you know how sometimes we, we ask, you know, if somebody was an athlete, or, well, not, not an athlete, they're all athletes, but I'm saying, you know, they went from football to wrestling or they went from a different sport to wrestling, whatnot. I see here that you had competed uh, in the strongman competitions for a while, the maritime strongman competitions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at your photo, obviously, big dude, um, do you feel like the training for like a strongman competition helped you in the long run with with your wrestling prowess. And I ask that because a lot of football players say, okay, well, I played football my whole life, high school, college, whatever. I had the agility. I had the ability to be able to hit somebody. I had this, I had that. For you, you look like you'd be a power guy and a straight brawler. You feel like the, yeah. the strongman competition of, helped you? Sports, uh... Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I played a lot of sports besides the strongman. So, so yeah, I, I, I had uh, I had an athletic background. So, I, I uh, totally that helps. You know, the balance and you know when somebody mm-hmm. says move laterally, you actually know what they're talking about. And you know, to knowing uh, knowing how to be on the balls of your feet and you know stop, just quick stop and start. And I, I always think even uh, even at my size, uh, my I, uh, one of one of my uh, things that probably a fan wouldn't realize, but but the the other wrestlers would notice is a uh, is a, a a burst of, of of speed. You know, when when I hit the ropes, I'm full speed in one step, and you know, it's uh, a lot of big guys that aren't athletic. You know, have a hard time doing that. But you know, it's a. I think that the sport uh, of wrestling is better when it's uh, when it's presented as as uh, as an athletic event and uh, s- certain you know small things like balance and 
first step burst of speed like like a football player would have. I, I think that all ties together to to make it a better a uh, better con- better uh, match. Um, now, are you doing a lot of a lot of solo stuff now, or are you still uh, with that group? Uh, you know, the wrestling with reality group. I see a lot of uh, there's what like one, two, three, four, five, seven of you guys. Well, that TV show was 2007, so. Yeah, oh, it was we, a TV uh, we'll, show. Uh, oh, see, I thought maybe yeah, it was like it was a that, stable yeah. or whatever. Okay, no, that's pretty cool. No, we did it. We did a two-year documentary series. Uh, uh, 2007 okay. 2008 uh, and it aired in 63 countries actually we we kicked the shit out of TNA in ratings at, at, during that time really so it was uh, wow yeah it was a, it was a really big we 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 did behind the scenes of uh, of a group of wrestlers on the road so we did one okay. tour here in the maritimes and then we did another tour into into Quebec and Ontario so, and uh, oh, it, awesome that actually and, sounds really cool yeah. actually uh, yeah. And Mr. Steele, put that in perspective. When it when it when it came to the ratings, it was your show, TNA. Then there's us, and then there's Fifty Feet of Crap, and then there's that show up in Winnipeg. So that's basically how the ratings went. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Brody Steele, uh, Mr. Steele's our guest here. We got 14 minutes here. I I I really don't know uh, what to ask in the right way because, uh, like I say, I I don't want to get you upset here, but. Uh, I'm just well, it's not my, it's, don't 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 blame me. No no no. Let's back up here. Don't don't uh, don't blame me for being grumpy that you guys are ill prepared. No, I'm, I'm not. Tell him. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything. I'm just going to go ahead and ask you questions. I mean, I'll understand if you don't want to ask answer them, but we'll we'll, we'll just we'll just we'll just go through. Well, if you ask me questions about WWE and a Ring of Honor and all that shit, I, I won't have a clue because I don't I don't watch American wrestling. I, I think American televised wrestling is the lowest form of pro wrestling at the moment, including the the new uh, all petite wrestling. Uh, all petite. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like that actually. All petite. Is, that's actually that's funny. Because there is a lot of high flyers and I, stuff in that. I enjoyed they are, they American wrestling. Guys. Yeah. I enjoyed American wrestling when it was. Uh, I enjoyed the Southern stuff, NWA, Florida wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. wrestling at the Chase, uh, the Bill Watts's territory. I thought that was great stuff. And uh, in even early WWE until, and and to be fair, I enjoyed the Attitude Era as well. But uh, anything that's been done in the United States in the last 20 years that's, that's nationally televised, I think is absolute fucking crap. Well, you know, no, it really is. is to be honest with you, we do as well because that's why we launched the show. Because, uh, you know, we used to, uh, we started the show because we wanted to complain about the current product and how much it sucks. Uh, but that, you know, that that went fine for a while. Then we started getting, uh, I started getting guests and uh, we, we started talking to, uh, we started talking to independent wrestlers and, uh, you know, veterans because, uh, you know, it, it, it was a much better show. So uh, I'm going to ask you this, and I already know the answer, but the thing is, so I guess it's pretty safe to say that if the WWE or AEW, if they were to contact you and offer you a contract to wrestle for them, you probably wouldn't do that. No, of course I would do it. It's a business, but but they're not gonna do it. I'm 52 years old, but you know, hey, I don't have to like something to, you know, if there's, I have a price for anything, you know, if if a wrestler's uh, goal isn't to make money, then I, I I have no respect for him whatsoever. So if if AEW called me tomorrow and said I'll give you 500,000 bucks this year to 
to dress in a tutu and 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 uh, do a ballerina gimmick, I'd be there tomorrow. You know, well, uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror, but uh, actually, I, I don't care about gimmicks and stuff like that. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just joking. But the lo- the short answer is yes. I would do anything within reason for money. Well, you know, you you know, nice. you mentioned you know your age. You, you know, you're in your early fifties. We're gonna go with that. You're in your early fifties. Think about this: the uh, the Undertaker is in his mid to late fifties. Ric Flair is in his seventies and still wrestling. So, when you think about it. Compared to that, being in your fifties is not really that old. No, but uh, well, it, it's not age; it's mileage. You know, I told you about the schedule that I, that I kept. You know, uh, uh, there's very few people that that uh, very few people. You well, actually, The Undertaker would have several thousand matches. Ric Flair would probably have ten thousand matches. I'm over three thousand matches. That's that's. And it's not televised wrestling normally. I'm, I'm more of a live event wrestler, so that's three thousand plus matches where you go out and you work for twenty, thirty minutes. You know, there's a, a lot of traveling, a lot of car travel, a lot of bumps, bad rings. You know, no such thing as a no such thing as a uh, piece of padding around the ring. You know, you get thrown out of the ring, it's concrete. You know, unless oh, you're doing wow. an outdoor show. So I mean, it, 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 but the, it's not so much the age with me, and I keep myself in good shape. I look, I look good, you know. Uh, uh, not to toot my own horn, but you know, I'm, uh, I have a yeah. good physique. I'm in shape, but uh, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm, 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 uh, I'm sore from head to toe. Uh, I've put my body through more than, you know. And, and Ric Flair, I mean, I don't think Ric Flair is wrestling. He's 70 years old. But he hasn't wrestled in years. No, he's not but, anymore. Know, he's, yeah. He's a he's a one in a million to 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 be able to go as long as he did and take the big bumps he did. You know, there's only one guy in the world that could have done what he did, and that's Ric Flair. Exactly, and you know the thing is, you know, you mentioned the schedule that you have. So, uh, when is uh, you know speaking of your schedule, when is your next match? Where is it? When is it? You know, who is it against? And is there a way that uh, our fans here can see it? Yeah, my ma- my next match is. Uh, not this Friday, but the Friday after, because like I said, I'm just coming back from a knee injury. But uh, my match, uh, uh, excuse me. Hey, shut up! <laughs> I've got a house full of dogs here. Yeah, my next watch. match is uh, not yeah, not this Friday, but next Friday. So it's the the 13th Friday, the 13th, for a company called IHW, uh, which is uh, here in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, and it's for the heavyweight championship against my. Uh, Normally, tag team partner Cowboy Mike Hughes, who's around my size. Well, here's here, here's the good news for you. Uh, we have a we we pride ourselves here on uh, on uh, Attitude Era Live. But any guest that we've had on that goes for a title shot after they've been on, they've won it. Uh, we're at fifteen hundred no, so uh, you're going to make it fifteen oh one and oh. So I uh, just want to let you know that uh, the powers on your side when it comes to being oh, on your well, show and going title. I'll let the bookers know. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll go with that. Uh, and if our fans wanted to, uh, you know, check you out and follow you and see what you're up to and uh, to keep tabs on you, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube. Yeah, you got a I've got a Brody, got? Brody Steele Professional Wrestler uh, uh, Facebook uh, page. And uh, – the Brody Steele on Twitter, but to be fair, I'm rarely on Twitter. I find it uh, find it aggravating. 
How about uh, Instagram or? Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but uh, I'm never on there either. Like uh, I have an Instagram account. I think other people kind of kind of do some stuff for me on there. I've, I've, I've got some some social media people that help me out, but uh, I don't even know what the handle my Instagram handle is. To be fair, do you have a but, YouTube? Uh, pro- uh, well, there's if you, if you if you punch in Brody Steele, you'll find uh, find millions of things. But I don't have my own YouTube channel. All right. Well, is there uh, uh, is there any uh, particular match out on YouTube that uh, you uh, want our fans to check out? That you say, hey, this is a cool match. I'd like you to check it out. Well, uh, t- uh, tons of stuff, but mo- mostly the stuff uh, with me and Cali with me and Cali in India. That that's the those are the YouTube ones that've got millions of hits, and you know those. Uh, those kind of showcase the kind of crowds that uh, that we draw outside of WWE and uh, and uh, AEW and all that. The, the, there's a uh, I can't remember the name. If you if you if you search on YouTube, you'd find uh, one of the. Uh, there was a time we did a we did a town in India called Dedradun where they had to build a stadium to to fit us, and we still we still had twenty thousand people outside because we had a big angle. Me and Kelly had gone to the hospital and. You know, it's uh, it like I say, it doesn't get any press uh, outside of India, but it's it's crazy what we do inside of India and South Africa as well. I uh, I go to South Africa once or twice a year, and you know we get fifteen, twenty thousand people at shows there too. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Steele's our guest here. We got about uh, five minutes uh, left here, uh, so uh, I'm probably going to regret asking this because I know what uh, you're, uh, you're you're probably going to say, but I'm treading lightly, but. Uh, I'm kind of curious what your finisher is. Maybe you could tell us uh, what goes into it. And, uh, which one of us do you want uh, to uh, to put? Uh, which one of us you want to put it on? Well, the, uh, well, that, that, just, the second part is going to be you. I, <laughs> yeah, I normally do a choke slam or a power bomb, just a, a big big guy stuff. Generally, a generally a choke slam, mainly because everybody can take it. You know, with a power bomb, you know, sometimes I'm wrestling giants. So you know you can't you can't power bomb a uh, I don't care who you are you can't power, you can try but you can't power bomb a 400 pound man so uh, so we uh, I, I usually stick to the to the choke slam I would probably give it to the old granny I notice she hasn't said much lately uh, uh, she uh, she's actually my favorite of the three of you guys well thank you I'm just enjoying I'm just enjoying the interview you know I I'm just enjoying the interview so. You know, you seem and, to be uh, better prepared than these two other uh, wing nuts. Well, there there is more oh, of us I here, I, but, I uh, try my I try my best. I'm just I'm just a co- I'm just a co-host. I don't I don't actually I'm not in charge of the show. I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I've only been on this show a little over a year with these guys because I actually Take called charge. in. I, I called in. I called in as a listener because one of my friends was on here as a guest one night and they actually asked me if I would like to be a part of their show and that's how I got there involved. You go, and you in stole the show, podcast. didn't you? Well you teach these guys I don't necessarily Google. say that, but I I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> and uh one of the other reasons why we, we hired her is because uh 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 most guests that don't like me uh seem to like her so uh <laughs> I like uh, you all. I'm just joking. But let me ask before before we're done here, uh, why are you interviewing me? Like I don't even think that we have any con. Like you just randomly pick 
I, I just find it interesting how uh, how this took place. Well, you know, I know you that, contacted that, that, me some time ago, but, but why and like how did that come about? Well, uh, well, that's that's a good question. But my question to you, uh, and I'll answer the question. But my question to you is, why not? Well, t- there is no reason why not. I I, th- I think it's good that that uh, that you guys are showcasing wrestlers that uh, I think is fa- fabulous. Uh, and uh, I, I could send you a list of all kinds of guys that uh, that are probably more successful than uh, you know than than they get any credit for in North America. And well, uh, let me, you know, I think, let I, me think ask it, this. I think can it's you, great that you, you guys are getting a. Yeah, totally, totally. All yeah, right. there's all there's all kinds of guys in Canada, the United States that that you that that, that you might you you might even drive by them sometime and you don't even know who they are, but uh, they're getting on planes every weekend and going somewhere and filling stadiums. You know, there 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 are a few of them out there. Well, well, let me ask you this: uh, you you know how to get a hold of me on uh, on Facebook, and you'll probably yeah, yeah. Ever talk to yeah. me again. I'll understand that. But pass my interview. No, I've enjoyed that. I'm just, if I've offended anyone, I'm just joking. I'm I'm actually I'm in a good mood. I'm just joking. Well, uh, I I I was kind of saying that you didn't want to do the liner, but anyway, that's that's another story. <laughs> but the thing is, I can't remember a fucking line. Okay, yeah, right. Big swing. Stay out of this for a second. Yeah. Uh, that, that's fine. But uh, if you could pass my information to them, have them contact me on Facebook Messenger. And uh, I'll uh, I'll do my best to uh, do better research. I promise that. And uh, let them know that they'll also get a guest card like I did for you. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you if you like that because I'm treading lightly here. We only have 120 seconds left. But uh, I just want to let you know I do thank you for coming on tonight. And uh, you've been awesome. And uh, I'll understand if you don't ever want to come on again because uh, I, I seem to turn people off. But, see, the thing is, it's usually not the the male wrestlers that I turn off. It's usually the female wrestlers that put a restraining order on me and never talk to me again. So I can totally you know, see this. Yeah, I've I've, uh, heard, I've heard that I've heard that when you walk through a room full of women, the the, the pussy slams shut so quick it sounds like a round of applause. It, it, exactly. Uh, yo, fact, uh, <laughs> that's we, awesome. As a matter of fact, we 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 do have uh, we do have our next guest on and ready. <laughs> but I do appreciate uh, you taking uh, time on your schedule. Uh, Mr. Steele for joining us, and uh, if you could put me in touch with some uh, more guys that would like to be showcased, we'll go ahead and give them uh, the same time, and uh, we'll have them on. All right, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Brody Thank Steele, you. Uh, Brody Steele, ladies Thank and gentlemen. Uh, uh, great, uh, great interview, great guest, and uh, definitely uh, mm-hmm. uh was ducking into a corner, but anybody else that wants me to start off on Facebook, I'll still knock your head off. But anyway, I think our next guest is on with us, uh, and I'll go ahead and introduce them, and then uh, we'll go ahead and uh, talk to them. Yep, go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring with us right now. Uh Probably another female guest that will probably put a restraining order on me. We'll see. Uh, but uh, we're going to have the last dance right now, the last dance with Molly Jane. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Molly Jane. Hey, this is Molly Jane, and you're listening to Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swig, and Granny Hulkster. <laughs> well, how how are you, uh, Molly? And uh, uh, you're probably not going to make me as nervous as our last guest, uh, uh, actually, 
to be honest with you, my knees are knocking so bad right now, I think I need to go answer them. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, so uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, Molly, then we uh, so ask you some questions. Um, what would you like to know? <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm a, I'm well, a newcomer. Them, we'll, we'll throw the point. Okay, so I'm a newcomer feature entertainer uh, from Peoria, Illinois. Um, I model and I do a bunch of random stuff, so <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, let's see. Yeah, I live in Peoria, and I work um, at, well, it's going to be cha- doing a grand reopening this weekend. It'll be Lux Showgirls in Peoria, so, yeah. Um, and... Uh... You uh, you do have some uh, interesting titles, and we're going to ask you about a few of these, and we'll kind of go around the room. Uh, one of our uh, co-hosts probably will just most likely listen, uh, but uh, there are uh, three uh, gentlemen here that are definitely into you, and we definitely have some questions. But uh, let's see. I believe you were 2018 Miss Hot Buns. You were uh, 2018 and uh, 2019 Miss New Galaxy. Uh, 2019 uh, Golden Girl, 2019 Miss Erotic Illinois, and being Miss New Galaxy, that probably means you weren't wearing much. Um, uh, did I forget anything? Um, I just got second place, I think it was last month, yeah, and uh, Pola Palooza in Indiana. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, we had uh, we had a, a guest on, uh, uh, I believe, a month ago. I'm sure that uh, you know. Uh, her name was uh, Cynthia Taser. Yes, I know her. <laughs> and uh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, did you not uh, take some of her titles? No, no. <laughs> okay, but you you had you have been in competition with her though. Um, I don't think we've ever actually competed against each other, um, but we are, we're really good friends. I know her really well. Um, awesome. She and, got, uh, got hot buns in another competition, which is probably where you're thinking on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, she had mentioned that uh, you would be a great guest, so uh, I reached out and you answered, and uh, uh, unlike her, you don't have a restraining order on me uh, yet, but uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, we have uh, Molly Jane as our guest here, and uh, we have uh, uh, 27 minutes here with Molly. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned that uh, you're going to be doing a, um, the, uh, uh, the the grand reopening uh, of the nightclub. Now, uh, is that uh, something that you that they called you and asked you to do, or you called them, or they you've been at their place before? How did that all come about? Um. I was working at this club for a couple months. Um, I'm fairly new to the Peoria area, so. But uh, the business itself just got bought out by another amazing feature. Her name is Bambi Wild, and um, her and uh, the co-owner that bought it with her have been doing renovations and hiring and just completely changing this place, and. And they're doing the grand opening of Lux Showgirls this weekend. So it's going to be amazing. They got four top-end featured entertainers there doing shows. And they're going to have barbecue, catering. So it's going to be a blast. (laughs) 
Well, I'm going to ask one more question, and we'll, uh, we'll go around the room, and I'll introduce you to uh, the other co-hosts here. Uh, so, you know, you you know, you mentioned that you you know you are a feature entertainer, and um, you're well known in the in the business. Uh, how long did it take you uh, before you uh, be got that featured title? I have been dancing for six years, and I started competing two years ago, and um, right around July of last year is when I got a call from a booking agent to start booking me. And uh, uh, we have uh, Molly Jane as our guest here. Uh, We have uh, 25 minutes here with Molly. Uh, Let's kind of go to – He's our he's our he's our professional surfer and professional wrestler at the same time. Uh, Otto von Clutch. Otto, what do you have for our guest here, Molly? What is going on, Molly? How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, fairly tired, but still rocking. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, what kind of conditioning do you do to stay at like you know your peak and to uh, do what you do? Like, well, I mean, do you have to go to the gym? I mean, what kind of a uh, regimen are you on? I eat fairly healthy, and yeah, I work out at least three times a week, and um, I also work a lot, so work itself is is a workout. And then, um, you know, how how did this come about? Like, was this something that you, like, when did you decide that you wanted to get into this type of business? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I started six years ago, and me and my friend... Uh, we actually started together because I was really shy back then and I didn't want to do it myself. Um, but we had a few friends in the industry already and we just went out all the time dancing and we loved to dance. So we're like, you know what, let's try it out. It doesn't seem that bad. And so we started together and it just kind of grew from there. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's, that's badass. That's good. Just follow your dreams and just keep on shining, huh? Yeah, it's uh, taken me way further than I ever expected. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Molly Jane is our guest here. We got uh, 23 uh, minutes here. Uh, we got. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to our other co-host, uh, the man about town. Uh, he goes by the Big Swing, uh, and there are several reasons why he has that name. But uh, Big oh, Swing, we're going to have our guest here, Molly Jane. Uh, well, I mean, you guys, uh, you, you guys did a pretty good job of, um, you know, hi- highlighting a lot of the you know, the, the questions that I would have had. Um, but, I mean, I guess uh, take us through your background a little bit, like how you got involved in the business to begin with, who some of your inspirations were, who you looked up to, like kind of take us through that path as to how you got to where you are from, from the beginning. Um, well, like I said, I started with a friend. Um, it was in a tiny, like, club town. It's like a really small hole in the wall. From there, you know, I went to a bigger club in a uh, in a bigger area, and you know, I saw all all the entertainers there and like how amazing they were, and I was just like, man, I want to learn how to do that and actually learn how to dance. And then, you know, Cynthia actually was the first feature I ever saw because she was a guest at one of the clubs that I worked at, and you know. I was like, it blew my mind because I didn't even know that the industry went that far. Like, I knew nothing of it. So then, you know, um, she told me and one of our other friends that we should go do this competition. Um, it's called Nudes of Poppin'. 
at the Ponderosa Sun Club. So, you know, we went one year and checked it out, and I started meeting a bunch of the features in the industry and learning what it was all about. From there, it just kind of grew. I started winning titles and stuff. Um, And there's a lot of amazing features in this industry. I really look up to uh, Well, She used to go by Malibu Barbie and then um, Bambi Wild, the new club owner. She is absolutely amazing and just such a big inspiration with everything that she's done and that she's still doing, like, and yeah, there's just, there's so many, like, there's so many, I can't even name how many, but yeah, Cynthia has been one of my biggest supporters throughout this journey too. Have you had any, uh, have you had any embarrassing moments during this time? Yes, I definitely have. (laughs) Can we please hear some? Would you want to like share one of those or is that, uh, or would that not be something that you want to talk about? Oh, I can, yeah, I can definitely share it. Um, it was the small club that I worked at, and I wasn't – I didn't really have strength yet, but uh, we were open for New Year's Eve, and it just so happened to be on a Thursday. And this club is so small that they were usually only open on Fridays and Saturdays, but they decided to try out this Thursday because it was New Year's. And it wasn't doing well, so, you know, they just shut it down early, and we just kind of had, you know, a dancer New Year's Eve party, basically. <laughs> and – me and one of the other girls, we were super drunk and teaching each other tricks, and I ended up uh, going to invert and slip up, and my leg didn't catch right, and I just kind of slid ever so slowly down the pole and landed on my head. <laughs> and oh, it, my it, goodness. Yeah, did, the did stage is hollow, too. No, I did not get hurt. It was just a little sore, but the stage was hollow, so it made it like this big, loud crash noise, and everybody came running. And I'm like, "You guys, I'm okay." It was just—it sounded way worse than it was. <laughs> so, has this ever happened during like live when there's the audience and whatnot? Um, no, <laughs> but almost. I have become way more cautious about it. But last year at NAP, in the middle of one, it was like it was a heat wave, so it was. So kind of take so, your time, huh? Yeah, and this heat wave, like um, I started sweating maybe about halfway through my routine, and I went to invert again. But like I felt that I just was sliding on the pole, so I had to like kind of play it off. But yeah, my friends knew. <laughs> It's like the the other workers knew, but of course the guys they're so focused on everything else they're not they didn't catch the the botch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, we have a couple uh, fans tweeting in, uh, um, and I was wondering if you'd be willing to take a couple fan questions. Uh, f- uh, people say that I'm just masking it; they're coming from me, but they're actually coming from our fans. Would you be willing to ask a few fan questions? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, uh apparently there's a there's a fan uh who doesn't like me but seems to really love you. Uh um uh, his uh, Twitter handle is what's wrong with the icon uh is his Twitter handle. And uh apparently there's a there's a picture he's looking at uh you're like uh hanging onto a pole with uh, there's like three windows there. Uh, I guess they're wondering one uh is that your apartment and uh two what kind of uh uh classes do you have to take to do pole training or were you just self-taught is the question. 
Okay, so that was my old house. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I have my pull up at my apartment and I'm self taught, so I haven't taken any classes. <laughs> but I definitely, my advice to anyone wanting to learn and who can't afford pole classes is to watch how other dancers move and how they pull off tricks. And then there's always YouTube, especially when you want to start learning more advanced tricks. They got YouTube videos that will break it down for you and you can practice them. Uh, we have, uh, we have another question from, uh, I'm all in. Uh, and the question is, uh, uh, apparently they're all looking at your Facebook right now. So uh, if you're wondering why your Facebook Facebook traffic has spiked, this show is it. Not putting us over, but uh, they, they <laughs> asked about this one. They asked about this one picture, um, and you wearing. I guess you're wearing a red outfit, and I'm looking at it right now. And you're holding up two trophies. What were uh, were, were those uh, uh, like pole girl year trophies, or what were those? Okay, so I think it, I think it's the uh, first year I did nudes a poppin', and um, because I think what you're looking at is the Harley Quinn corset. Right, it has right. to be my red one. Um, but yes, it was Miss Nude Hot Buns and the Miss Nude Galaxy uh, fifth place win for that year. And I probably should say this, but uh, you definitely got some hot buns. But anyway, that's uh, top for another show. <laughs> and uh, one other question here. This is. Uh, Comes from uh, Greg the man. Uh, I'm sure he's not, but uh, uh, he, he was asking about uh, is that you're you're standing in front of a uh, um, a challenger. Uh, is that your vehicle? Is the question? No, that's one of, that's one of my friend's cars. But yeah, I have a few pictures with that car. <laughs> And then I'm going to ask one other question here because uh, it's it's right on your it's right on your Facebook here. Uh, there's a picture of uh, you uh, on a table wearing a hat. Um, I'm going to ask about that picture. And I'm going to ask you about the the cool tattoo that you got there. Okay. So that, hat on the table. Yeah, you know, with the bench. Yeah. Oh, okay, so the one laying on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a photo shoot I did. <laughs> but which tattoo? Uh, it looks like uh, well, it's in front of the same picture. I don't know. It looks kind of, kind of like a uh, a rose, maybe. On my side. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's a rose. Awesome. I got that. My, it's uh, not even finished yet. It's more of like an outline. <laughs> so are you are you gonna are you gonna color it and everything? Yeah, there's gonna be a lot more added to it. It's gonna extend down to. It's gonna right. go and more then, towards uh, my side. <laughs> you know, and if you so decide, you can always put uh, ICON somewhere on there, and then you can say, oh, "Hey, hell no." Uh, no, that's a joke, by the way. Uh, uh, we have uh, Molly Jean as our guest here. We got we got we got 14 minutes here with Molly. So, being uh, a featured dancer, um, do you, they when when uh, when, uh, when someone wants to hire you, when a club wants to hire you, uh, if someone listening right now wanted to hire you, uh, what what kind of rules do you have? Do they have to provide the airfare? Do they have to provide the hotel? 
food. They would have to con- contact Sensational Features and discuss it with um, them for booking me. Oh, so they can't just call you. They have to go through your management. Yes, uh, any club. Any club that wants to book me uh, would go through my booking agent at Sensational Features um, because if I – if I feature at a club, uh, there's a certain distance um, away from these clubs that I cannot work within a certain amount of time. So he would be able to look at where where I've uh, featured already and be able to tell if that, that club wanting to book me is within that range. And uh, how many different uh, states have you performed in? How many states? Yeah. Let's like, see, uh, do, you, uh, do you have any plans on coming to North Dakota anytime soon? North Dakota. Um, I don't have it uh, booked yet, but that sounds like a good time. <laughs> well, we have, I'll tell you what, we have a great club here in my hometown. Uh, um, uh, I'm not going to say the name because they don't pay for sponsorship, but I'll tell you what, though, it, it's it's a great gentleman's club. I haven't been there in uh, a few years, but uh, they, uh, yeah, okay. Well, the thing is, when, when you when you perform there, uh, you are, you're taken care of. They have security for you. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about anybody getting on the line or anybody doing anything like that. It's, uh, uh, you know, you're very well taken care of if, you, if uh, we can get you here at some point. Yes, that's how most clubs should be. <laughs> that's how they they should all be. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of that, that's the way that they should be. If you, um, and I don't, I understand if you don't want to answer this, but if you ever went to a club where uh, you like, you like, you get on stage and you like, you like look out in the crowd and you're like, what the hell or what am I doing here? Did that ever happen? No, never. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you're so you're uh, you're always pretty well cared for wherever you go. Yeah, and I'm pretty focused and, uh, on what I'm doing. Like, I don't pay too much mind to like anything outside of what I'm there to do. Now and then, uh, and of course, I'm I'm, uh, I, I'm kind of putting a, a job application out here. Uh, you have your own security because I can take the bullet once. <laughs> um. I have a few people that do security for me on and off, um, depending on where I'm going or, like, their work schedules, because most of them work normal jobs themselves. But usually I don't have too hard of an issue of finding someone. But I don't know anyone in North Dakota, so you might get lucky. <laughs> well, hey, like I say, I, I like I say, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a bullet for you. I'll take a beating for you. But if they if they uh, if they want to do anything, they got to get through me, and it's pretty hard to get through me. I like that. <laughs> we have uh, Molly James, our guest here. We got uh, ten minutes here. I'm going to ask you a question. We'll kind of throw it around the room again. Um, now, uh, when you're when you're performing, uh, how many different um, show sets do you have? Uh, like different performance sets that you have that you can do. Um, I have, since I'm a newcomer, I only have maybe about seven or eight shows, but I do three shows a night for, and they're 20 minute sets. 
uh, are they all different themes? Are you able to uh, are you able to tell us what the, what the different shows are, or do we have to uh, do they have to come and pay to see what they are, or can you tell us? Of course, they have to pay to see what they are. <laughs> okay. I can tell you um, the the um, one I did at Needs a Pop, and I did a Greatest Showman routine, uh, and that is one of them. But I I added more to it because. The contests are, you know, they're not 20 minutes, 20 minutes long for a set. You usually got about 10 or so minutes to get your uh, performance in at a contest. But I did extend that one out. So if anyone has, has seen that and wants to see what I added to it, then that will be one of the shows. <laughs> uh, Molly James, our guest here. We got about nine minutes here with Molly. So, uh, with these uh, competitions, uh, how often do you compete? Uh, could you tell us when your next competition is, where it is, and uh, is it open to the public? If uh, someone uh, that's listening that's going to be in that general area could come check you out. Um, I think my next one, as far as I know right now, my next one is July, and that will be News of Poppin' at the Ponderosa Sun Club in Roselawn, Indiana. Um, and, yes, people can purchase tickets and go to it. But, yeah, that would be my next one. Um, I did one last month in Fort Wayne, Indiana at Showgirls 3. But I kind of just, you know, wait for them to pop up and usually post them if I'm going. <laughs> and then when uh... – <laughs> You know, someone uh, wants to have you perform at their club, and uh, they say, uh, uh, "You know, we we saw you at this, uh, we saw you at this venue, or we heard about you at this venue." Uh, do uh, they uh, do they ask you to perform like certain one of your performances, or uh, do you say, "Well, no, I'm going to do this, this, and that"? Or go through your like her booker. She has a booker. No, I no, I understand that, but I'm talking about when she does her different performances, like her different show things, like she mentioned the great. She uh, ain't gonna perform for your bachelor party icon. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you know, if they have one of my shows that they want to see, like yeah, I'm more than happy to perform it for them. But uh, yeah, it's usually I just go off at how the crowd feels and you know what they they may like it depends on the area but if there's a certain i usually discuss it up front but yeah if there's a certain one they want to see then yeah i'll do it what's the largest crowd you performed in front of the largest crowd in general oh man i don't know i know um as far as competitions go it would probably be the news of popping crowd but I also do this charity event um, usually every year. I, I'm not doing it this year because it's this weekend and it clashes with the grand opening of the club. But uh, it's called Red Hot Winter, and it's in Champaign, Illinois, and it's a fundraiser event. And I usually do um, modeling in that, and I've done the opening for it, so I'll do pool work for the opening. But it's not really a feature show for that. It's more just performance with a partner. Do you feel like your audience connects mostly with the naughty girl or with the nice girl? I honestly think it depends on the person. Um, but I've gotten pretty good about reading what people like. 
Right on, right on. Now, um, is there anything that um, that uh, you do during your performance that they may ask you to do that uh, would uh, be sell, uh, out of your so-called conference zone, or do you basically, like, you can let it fly? Uh Usually, I just stay within my comfort zone. Um, I like to push my limits and stuff, but I have I have my lines like everybody has their lines. Well, so like for instance, let's say that um, like uh, one of the um, like one of the adult magazines would want you to propose uh, in their magazine, like Playboy or Penthouse or Gallery or. Uh, you know, like Maxwell Magazine, is that something that you do or something that you wouldn't do? I would do that. <laughs> have you had me, uh, have you ever been asked? For, uh, no. No, I have. Oh. I've been asked to do adult films before, but I won't do adult films. But it, as because far as you, because, you, because you're a nice girl, that's why. I like that. I like that. Molly James, I guess <laughs> we got four, uh, four minutes left. I'm going to ask one other question, and we'll, we'll let uh, let uh, Otto jump back in here. If Because uh, I, I promise you could do this, and I said we'd take time to do it. If our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, uh, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got? Uh, I got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and uh, I have an OnlyFans fan page. Um, so it's OnlyFans.com backslash MollyJane1011. And that has, like, all of my naughty content in it and backstage views, prizes. Basically, it's just a fun page for my fans. <laughs> and uh, they can uh, see a lot, I would guess. Yes. <laughs> A lot more than they're awesome. going to see on Facebook, for sure. <laughs> uh, have, have you ever heard of MeWe? MeWe? No, I have not. Uh, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a, an adult version of Facebook without the chance of going to Facebook jail. Ah, oh, gotcha. <laughs> awesome. And. Uh, uh, I, I don't have to ask this because I know that uh, you're going to be sending a few autographs for our fans, and uh, we'll give those away in the next couple weeks. But, uh, uh, Otto, what do you got for our guest? we got about uh, three minutes here left with uh, our guest. Yeah, bro. Here we go real quick. I, I was actually thinking about doing an OnlyFans.com also because I am a wrestler, and there is that, that market out there. What would you suggest about that? Is that have you seen, like, a good uh, turnover rate for uh, the good old uh, greenback on that? I think, yeah, it's good for some extra side cash. Like, I know for me doing it part-time, like, here and there, I'm making at least 1000 to 1200 on the side on that each month. But I know girls who are making that in a week. It just all depends on how often you're on and what you offer and, you know, stuff like that. You know, and Big Swing, he's been sitting over there uh... – just really quiet. It's kind of scaring me a little bit. Big swing. Put down the lotion and ask a question. How are you doing, buddy? I'm actually doing good. I'm just kind of listening to you guys running the board. I got two callers on. I'm just kind of shifting through questions yeah, and things. Like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, the two callers are on. That's our next guest. So uh, uh, we have uh, Molly James, our guest here. We got about 30 seconds left here with Molly. So, uh, Molly, I'll tell you what. I do want to thank you. 
for taking time on your schedule to join us. I know that you're tired. I know that you've been working all day, and uh, uh, and I know that uh, after you realize that I'm such a nice guy, you're gonna drop the restraining order. I hope, and uh, we can. Uh, I'll stay, I'll stay in contact with you. If we haven't scared you way too much. Hopefully, you'll be willing to come on again. Absolutely. Awesome. Molly Jane, ladies and gentlemen, she is the greatest featured entertainer in the history of feature entertainers. Molly Jane, Aww, that's the last dance with Molly Jane. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So, uh, Big Swing, if you want to go ahead and uh, play that one song, then you can bring our guest in. Then I'll uh, introduce our guest under the, uh, under, the, under the music. Okay, but I have two. Uh, on. Yeah, I know. Uh, they're, 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 they're both. They're both. They're, they're both, both part of. Thing. Okay, I was making sure that that they were both. Okay, all right. Uh, let me find it now. Ah, okay. I'll, I'll put the I'll put the uh, volume a little lower than normal so they can still hear you talk. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, about to enter the ring right now. Probably the coolest author that we have ever had on this show. We have a few guest speaker right now. We have Ron Hamley, and we have The Rock, Rocky Pamplin. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you guys? I'm good. Well, let's go ahead and take the music down. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, got, uh, I probably would have done Surfing USA. That's just me, but Kokomo is a good song. I, yeah, <laughs> that was not a Brian Wilson song. That was a Mike Love and John Phillips song. Yeah, see? Uh, just, so we know, see? just so we know who is who, uh, go ahead and introduce you guys yourself, and then we'll go from there. Ron. So you're, you're, you're talking to uh, Rocky Pamplin and Ron Hanley, who are the authors, authors of a book called The Beach Boys' Endless Wave. And you're listening to Attitude Era Live with our hosts, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. And we're glad to be on the show with you guys. Well, hey, Ron. How are you? And Rocky, the Rock, uh, we, we thank you for joining us. Uh, we, we tried to get you on, uh, guys on about a month and a half ago, but we had some technical difficulty, but we finally got this thing done. Yeah. There, here we are. So, uh what we'll do is I'll go ahead and ask a couple questions, and we're going to go around the room, and I'll introduce you to everybody, and then uh, we'll uh, let you talk about the book a little bit and uh, talk about what it's like to be uh, with the Beach Boys. And as a matter of fact, uh, we have a surfer, uh, surfer wrestler on with us, so we'll have him ask you a few questions too. So uh, I guess, Rocky, the first question is for you. Uh, what, um, what made you decide to write the book uh, about uh, being with the Beach Boys? Well, I was fortunate enough to have been roommates with Stan Love in college at the University of Oregon, who is Mike Love's younger brother, and then their intermediate brother was Steve Love, who managed the group. So Stephen hired Stan and I in 1976 to literal, literally move into Brian's house and get him off of drugs. And uh, now, uh, speaking of, you know, getting him off of drugs, you know, um, now, was that, uh, was that, that was obviously your mandate. uh, And, you know, when someone is, uh, you know, taking, 
whatever they're taking. Uh, it's kind of hard to get them off there. Did, did you? Uh, you obviously had uh, some difficulties with that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, I can. Um, yeah, it is unusual. I mean, the guy had been in bed for a decade, living and doing heroin and cocaine and whatever. And so when Stan Love and I moved into his house, it was just no drugs, that's it, nada, zero. And so he tried to fire us for the first 30 days. You know, every morning, you guys are fired, I'm rich, this is my house, get the fuck out of here. But, you know, his wife... Anyway, was it was a rough road in the in the beginning. Uh, I'm going to ask one more question. We'll kind of go around the room, and then we'll come back to me because uh, there's a I got a lot of uh, a, a cool uh, question I'm going to ask you about. But uh, 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 Granny, what do you got for our guest here? Rocky Pamplin and Ron Hamlet. Well, hello. I I am Granny Holkster, and I tell you, I love the Beach Boys back I mean I I love their music I love their songs what was it like just to I mean be able to travel with them I mean you know I know you you know wrote this book you know and everything I mean it's just what was it like to be around the Beach Boys I mean because like I said I mean I love their music I mean I was born in 1962 so I mean I love the Beach Boys. I mean, they were one of my favorite groups to listen to. Uh, okay, so Granny, that's you, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, the experience was surreal. I mean, it, Brian had checked out, and Stanley and I got him back functioning, but mm-hmm. to be honest with you, he was never, ever all all there. I mean, yeah. so when when Stan and I were accompanying him, we got him in the studio, and then again on, uh, you know, eventually on tour, he was withdrawn and almost, you know, enigmatic. He didn't, he he wasn't there, and so Stanley and I are there for him. It was bizarre mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's like we got Brian Wilson or Elvis Presley back in the game, but Brian re- really wasn't there. Yeah. But it was fun That's, being on yeah. the road with the baby though, wasn't it, Rocky? Oh, my God, it was a blast. It was like I was Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I do apologize, guys, that we have uh, we have Rocky Pamplin as our guest here. Uh, could you tell us the name of the book, and then we'll go on to uh, our surfer buddy, Otto. What, what is the name of the book? Sure. Well, it's called the, the Beach Boys Endless Wave. Wave. And you can find Endless it on Endless Wave. Endless Wave. The Beach Boys Endless Wave. You can find it on Amazon pretty easily by just typing in yes. that title. Uh uh, uh Otto Von Clutch, what do you have for our guest here? Uh you hey. guys uh are both in the surfing. What do you got? What's going on guys? Thank you for coming on, man. It sounds like you guys have just lived one hell of a life being the the handlers for the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah. Are you the surfer? Yeah, man. I surf every day down in Huntington Beach, south side of the pier, oh, my man. Oh, I love it. What, what's, your, what's your name again? My name is Otto. Otto. Okay, so you surf right there in Huntington? <laughs> yeah, bro. Right off of 12th Street a lot and on the south side, 
You know, oh woo. my God, you are living the dream. <laughs> yeah, bro, you know, hey, it's not like you're living the dream, my man. That's what well, it sounds I've been like. There. I, I surf a little bit uh, more in Hawaii, but um, hey, so have you read my book? You know what, my man, I ain't gonna lie to you. I haven't read the book. Our director, he was just uh, a little shy on wanting to let us know. He wanted to surprise us with this, and sometimes the okay. surprises come at a big surprise. Well, listen, surprise. do me a favor. And here, bro. check it out and show your buddies. Show your buddies the book. It's the Beach Boys. It's the real deal about what you're living. What your your deal right now is what my book is about. That's, that's heavy, man. I like that, my man. I have a question for you real quick, man. There's a lot of these other bands out there, man. Do they have handlers like how they had with you guys? Like, I mean, obviously you guys were friends with the family, the bandmates, things like that. But, I mean... It's just that well, rock and roll lifestyle. Them, they have to have, like, you know, handlers, right? Most of them probably need them, but whether they <laughs> do or not, you know, it's, it's it's a matter of an intervention. Stephen Love, Brian's cousin, the manager of the was the one who, you know, did the intervention by hiring his younger brother, Stan Love, and myself to get Brian off of drugs and out of bed and in the recording studio and lose 100 pounds and then touring. None of the stuff he said he would ever do again. Man, that's that's, that's amazing right there. (laughs) Well, you guys, true friends. Marilyn was a big part of that too, Rocky, right? Right, Ron, tell him about it. So... The way, you know, I got involved with this long after the fact. I was never there behind the scenes with with with, with uh, Rocky and Stanley. But you wish you were, though, right? <laughs> well, but I was in the music I was in the music business. So when I met up with Rocky and helped him get this book rewritten and published, um, I learned. Ron managed Bloodstones, a group called Bloodstones. Ron was the yeah. manager. Well, that's that's the way that's the wayback machine. But what happened is Karen said had called Stephen Love, the manager of the Beach Boys, and Maryland. said, look. Uh, Maryland. Sorry, Maryland. And, Mar- and Maryland said, look, I've got to have Brian, you know, committed. And, she, and, and Steve said, don't do that. Let me get these guys in there to bring him back from the brink of, you know, uh, you know, he weighed. But when they got there, Brian weighed like 320 pounds or something. He was just, uh, he was wow. circling the drink. So these guys got behind the scenes at the house, and that's why Brian couldn't fire Rocky and Stanley because Brian's wife said, uh-uh, if they go, you're going to the bug house. So couldn't, they, they couldn't get these guys out of the house, and they really brought them back from the, from the, the brink of drug addiction. It was, it's an amazingly interesting story. The book is just fascinating. Here's a quick question for you guys real quick. I mean, did you guys ever see uh... – you know, their their material ever get uh, stolen from them? Like, you know, like, did you ever see other bands trying to mimic what they were doing? And I imagine they were, but did you guys ever see that firsthand where, I mean, I don't know, maybe you guys were just as faded as everyone else. I don't know. It sounds like you guys were pretty straight. Even though <laughs> well, if you were having a couple, you guys knew how to handle yourself, you know? No, you, you know, see as, that happen? No, as a matter of fact, on the contrary, you know, Brian was good friends with, with this guy, Jan Berry. Okay. Jan and Dean, that group, the surf group, Jan and Dean. And Jan and Brian wrote songs together. In fact, Jan Barry, Jan and Dean had their first number one hit before the Beach Boys, and it was called Brian Wrote It and gave it to them. 
It was the one about um, two girls for every boy. Oh, anyway. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. so Brian wrote that, and and then he he didn't finish the second verse, and so eventually Jan did the arrangement uh, on it, and he and Dean wrote the final lyric, the last second verse, and then they had Brian come over though and do the vocals on it. Uh, Brian's sang sang the chorus with Dean Torrance. Dean Torrance did covered the the uh, the falsetto uh, chorus with Brian. Anyway, and and uh, yeah, and and Dean gave us some of the books, uh, some of the pictures that are in the book. Some totally. Of private of, De- of Dennis of Dennis Wilson. Direct and, quotes, uh, just about what I just said. Exactly, yeah, and um, so so that was the fr- you know that was when Brian was you know Brian was always very very free with his music and he included mm-hmm. people wrote with other people and he even gave you some he gave gave you some credit on a song didn't he Rocky? Well, yeah, that's the funny part about him. But you know, I mean, parlaying off of what I just told you about how he was friends with Jan and Dean Jan Barry. I mean, you know, Mike Love used to say, Brian, why are you giving these songs to other people? And Brian would look at him like, what's wrong with you? They're my friends. Anyway, you know, and Brian did the same thing with me when I was working for him. He was writing me a song called It's Like Heaven. And he says, hey, Rocky, can you help me with some lyrics here? And I said, what's the matter with you, Brian? You're running out of at words and and he goes that's it perfect he goes what's the matter with you babe and he just said that four <laughs> times or can't you see i tell you babe. what's the matter with you babe what's the matter with you anyway i mean but even i didn't really see- write a lyric but he, i got fifteen thousand dollars for that Sean Cassidy re- recorded that song on his album called Under Wraps. Uh, Rocky, Rocky Pat was our guest here. We got about uh, 29 minutes here with Rocky. Uh, we'll kind of go. Uh, um, uh, we'll come back to you, but uh, uh, I know Big Swing is uh, listening here. Uh, we'll uh, have him ask a few, and then we're going to come back to me. Then Rocky, I'm going to ask you the hard hitting questions. Uh, but uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, Rocky Pamp? Uh, well, are you guys um, still at all involved, in, you know, in the music business? Like, do you still do do things with that, or? No, we're not. Well, I'm I'm still involved in the motion picture business, and there's always some motion picture. Okay. Along. Yeah. Now, hey, I, now I come... you mentioned your you mentioned your motion pictures. If you ever need a uh, a, a stand-in or a uh, uh, I'm always they up don't. for hire, guys. No need one. Stand in line, icon. Stand in line. Well, it was probably wild times back then. I mean, I can imagine that, you know, uh, a lot of what they sang about, you know, were were really, you know, what they were doing. But I I can imagine, like, I live up in New York, um, totally different lifestyle than, you know, the beach lifestyle that you get out in California. Um, Just what, uh, I know you guys have sort of touched on it a little bit, but. Um, and you probably have so many, it'll probably be hard to narrow one down, but uh, what is one of uh, your, your favorite stories during that time that, that happened when you guys were either on the road or, 
or recording or touring or, or just just living that life back then when that was pop. <laughs> One of the favorites. Oh, Jesus! I mean, how 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 raunchy do you want it to be? It, it's after it's after 11 p.m. It's after 11 p.m. and I have the bleep button here, so I'm 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 all good to go. You can you okay. Can say I you got want. one for you. We're on the plane going from L.A. to New Zealand, and Dennis Wilson and his wife Karen Lamb, who was originally married to Bobby Lamb of Chicago, they start having a fight in their first class seats, right in front of us, me and Stan and Brian, and. She has grabbed a bag of smack out of his Dennis's, out of his pants, and she is rushing to the toilet to flush it, and he's fighting her, and they're fighting in front of everybody in first class and second, and she finally gets it though, and Stash throws it down the toilet, and I mean it was. It was a spectacle like I've never seen, and to this day I hardly know what to say about it. I was in awe. Uh, <laughs> and that continued down into the airport. That actually sounds country. like something like a scene <laughs> would see on TV or something you'd see in a comedy movie or something like that. Yeah, that's, there that's you one have of those it. things. Yeah, it was. That's, that's one of those things you just can't make up. You know, you just can't make I that know. up. <laughs> No, it was, uh, uh, you know, they just flew out of their seats and this whole scene ensued and and she's flushing the, oh, uh, I mean, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dennis was a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a wild you thing. You know? <laughs> uh, Dennis uh, had a drug problem. Yeah. And thank God Karen, his wife, flushed it. You know, I mean, anyway, it was bizarre. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Rocky Pavlis, our guest here. We got about uh, 24 minutes here with Rocky. I want to ask you a few more questions. I, I know we're here to talk about the book, but there, there's a couple, uh, I'm getting a couple tweets. Um, uh, there's one fan here. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to this, but, uh, Rocky, can I tell you about when I first um, uh, was introduced to you? Sure. Uh, and first off, I, I do want to let you know, everybody know that uh, uh, Rocky is from uh, a, a town that the North Dakota State Bisons play, Youngstown, Ohio, the home of the Penguins. That's where you were born, right? Uh, no, but go on. That's fine. Oh, well, okay. All right. Well, screw Wikipedia. We're done with them. Anyway, uh, but the first time I was introduced to you was on, actually on TV watching you eating cereal. Oh, okay. That was a Wheaties, a Wheaties commercial, yeah. And you were on the box. I was on not only on the front cover of the box, but I was on the back of the box where they sold the poster of me. I played a football player in a commercial that I did for Wheaties. Uh, in New York, we flew out there, and I was the quarterback in this commercial, and uh, it was a great little uh, commercial. And may I ask, how many different uh, bowls of cereal did you have to eat? Uh, and were you <laughs> sick of Wheaties when you were done with it? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's called What the Big Boys Eat, so I, lo- I-, I ate a lot of bowls. <laughs> <laughs> and smoked them back. <laughs> 
Now, I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, for being on the Wheaties box, is it true that you get a lifetime supply of Wheaties if you want it? Uh, no, but oh. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who but I get a kick out of showing people the cover of the box because everybody's always pretty impressed because I'm like the one of the few non-famous athletes to be on the cover of the Wheaties box. Yeah, and... Uh, we we have a we have a we have a, a tweet coming in. This is not my question. I understand if you don't want to answer it because we're gonna get back to the book. But um, uh, this is from a female fan, uh, and it's uh, from uh, Missy the Good Girl sixty nine, and she asked. Uh, um, she said that you were in a magazine that she bought one time, a Playgirl magazine. Is that true? That is true. That's not so bad, is it? Playgirls like Playboy. Well, I'm not I mean, saying it's bad, but I didn't know if you'd want to answer the question or not. Well, yeah, I was in I, I, I not only was in it, you know, okay, I was in it in the fourth year. And I, they have a Man of the Year contest each year for the first five years. And I got Man of the First Four Years. And But Jim Brown, the running back, the great – was man of the year for the second year of Playgirl. And so then in the fifth year, after the fifth year, they had a man of the first five years contest, which I happened to win. And Jim Brown's a friend of mine. But anyway, you know, I almost forgot the, uh, what was the thrust of what we were talking about? Uh, you being you being in the I'm going to ask two more questions. Well, uh, you were about you being in Play Playgirl. I was like I told you I was the man of the year and man of the first five years, and I've been on the cover five times. And, and he was uh, the centerfold. He was an odd natural, if I'm not mistaken, Rocky. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, Rocky, uh, you and I have you and I have uh, one thing in common. Uh, I'm going to ask about this, and we'll circle back about the book. Uh, you and I have both put out an album. Uh, your album uh, probably went uh, platinum. Mine went aluminum. <laughs> what, what, what album did you put out? Uh, it was called uh, Funny, Funny, The Funny Bone Was the Icon, and it went aluminum. Were you singing? No, I was telling jokes. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yours is probably better than mine. I'm, I'm an okay singer, but... Anyway, uh, so we both put out an album, and neither one of them went anywhere, or <laughs> mine didn't. <laughs> mine didn't either. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's uh, kind of circle back about the books, and uh, I'm sure that uh, my co-hosts want to ask you two more questions about that. So uh, when you wrote the book, uh, how long did it take you to write the book, and uh, is there anything that uh, you wanted to put in the book that they, you could? Say that last part. Anything that I could w- would what? Is there anything that you wanted to put in the book but you weren't allowed to? Oh, my God. What a loaded question, Aaron. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it took five years to write. And my dear friend Ron really tied a bow around the whole project with his input it was really really uh, the dynamics of talent management as well as personalities like between brian and michael love and brian and dennis and mike and dennis those personalities 
Brian, I mean, Ron really summed up the dynamics of those two different things. Like I said, the first thing was Brian's own mental health state was, uh, you know, he was a, a rock and roll casualty. He, he, he hears voices and, you know, he doesn't talk to anybody. He's not really all there. And I love him dearly. And he likes me, but anyway, point is, uh, Brian is a rock and roll casualty. My heart goes out to him. He's almost 80, and he's alive. And I worked for him when he was 35, and I didn't think he'd live to see 40. His brother Dennis did not. Go on, Ron. No. Uh, I'm going to ask one more question, and we'll uh, kind of go back. Uh, you guys get some other questions ready, but uh, were you? Uh, did you happen to be with the, the Beach Boys uh, at the time that uh, that uh, that Manson character was around? Charlie Manson? No. Yeah. no. Uh, Charlie had come on the scene right before me, and, and Dennis had picked up some girl, took her home, banged her took her up the freeway, the one-on-one where he picked her up and dropped her off. The next night, Dennis comes home, and the whole family is at his house. And Charlie's outside when Dennis parks his car. It's dark in the driveway. And he sees Charlie, and, and Dennis says, are you going to hurt me? Anyway, he, <laughs> Charlie and, De- and Dennis go in the house, and there, there's all these girls. There's like a dozen chicks. And it's a harem for the next year. And they went through about a hundred grand of Dennis's money. They even wrecked his Rolls Royce, his Corniche. <laughs> anyway, Charlie Manson, ah, that's another book. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to ask one other question, then, uh, then we'll kind of go back around. Uh, what is your all time favorite Beach Boy song? I guess I should have kept my mouth shut when I thought to brag about my car. Don't worry, baby, maybe. It's like a beautiful Brian Wilson song. I mean, I I don't know if it's my favorite song, but I can't imagine anybody singing anything more beautifully than the way Brian sang that song. Uh, Rocky Pantler's our guest here. Uh, So, uh, I just want to recap here. We got 15 minutes with you. I'm just going to recap here. Think, think about this, guys. Rocky is a a New York Times bestseller. He was a centerfold in Playgirl. He was on the Wheaties box. He knows how to eat cereal. He knows how to stop people from taking drugs. He knows how to sing. He is the all. He, he's put out an album. He is probably the coolest celebrity, or rock than the one that we've had on this show. And I'm not saying that you're on. It's true. <laughs> well, it's been building up inside of me for, oh, I don't know how long. <laughs> what a build-up. <laughs> uh, you know, and, it, and uh, you know, I, I'd, uh, I'd ask you to send some autographs. We already found out that you can't do that, but... Uh, you know, if you have any old pictures around that you can autograph for us, I'd like you to send it to us. But anyway, uh, Otto, Big Swing, Granny, what, what do you guys want to guess? Hey, Granny, you want to ask for a Playgirl? Go ahead. 
No, that's quite all right, Icon. Uh, I, I've just been enjoying this whole entire interview. So oh, come on, Granny. I'm good. Ask me something. I'm good. I'm good. I'm come good. On. I'm good. Granny, I'm ask good. Me some, I've got some something. questions for you, brah. The local <laughs> resident surfer has some questions. This is a real okay. question, right? So I'm not bullshitting here. Okay. You, I hate to sound like a fucking super fan, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it real quick. Do you believe those lyrics? Wish they all could be California girls. Do you really believe that was true, or do you think they were liking some other strains from across the United States? Well, first of all, let me just say I think that is one of the greatest lyrics that was ever written. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California girls. Do do you think that that, that it was those it it was those pesky California girls? uh, Oh, is that the greatest lyric you've ever heard? Well, do you think that that it was those pesky California girls were the reason he got his T-bird taken away? Because, you know, Daddy (laughs) took the T-bird away. Well, no, that was a crazy chick from Pasadena, a little old lady. Uh, (laughs) Pasadena girls are wild. I could could confirm that. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, hey, here's another quick question for you guys, man. I mean, I loved hearing your guys' flight story on the plane. Do you guys have any other quick road story? Because I love hearing stories from the road. It just always gives me a smile being a professional wrestler. So if you guys have any more road stories, I would love to hear a quick one if you you can give that. Okay. How about one time we're on a plane, we're flying somewhere in the world, and – Carl Wilson has got me singing songs of the Beach Boys, like, Ah, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way that sunlight plays upon her hair And Mike walks up, and he wants to go, What the hell's going on here? And so then they have me sing, uh, I'm picking up good vibrations. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> It was like on the plane, because I like to sing, and Brian had recorded me singing a song called California, what was it? Uh, California Feeling. Anyway, anyway, so Mike comes on, this, and what's this, you know, like, what's going on here? Like, I'm auditioning to take his spot or something. Anyway, there were a lot of unique little incidents that happened on planes, planes, yeah. But Rocky didn't. Mike eventually let you record an album, didn't he? He did. Mike he gave Rocky? me a hundred thousand dollars to do an album. I, you know, I recorded it on his property out in Santa Barbara, Mesa Lane, and of course the hundred grand went to him. <laughs> but I got to do an album, and uh, it was a fun. It was a blast. What does that mean? I'm sorry to be nosy, and please don't answer this question. But what do you mean the hundred and fifty k went to him? Well. Okay, I got a $100,000 budget to do this album, and I recorded it on his property in a little mobile recording studio, and so the 100000 went to him, and I got to do the album, and uh, it was a disco album. We took, It was in 79, and disco was all the rage, but by the time we mixed it down, disco had died on a dime. 
Like, bro, God, bro, I, that just boggles my mind that this <sighs> bro took a hundred k from you, bro. That's like a million yeah. dollars no, he a didn't, day. I, mean, I didn't crazy. pay him. He, okay, he had. I'll just tell you the truth. Back then, it's a shitload of money, though. He got a four hundred. Mike Love got a four hundred thousand dollar German investment to do albums. So he did four different people at a hundred thousand. I was one of them. There was one kid that was actually pretty good. Uh, anyway, so that was, and Mike got the money because we did it at his recording studio. That's what they call good business sense. Okay. Okay. Well, Mike's been doing it forever. Absolutely. You know, the one, uh, the one thing we that we put in this book that most people don't know about the Beach Boys is that it was really Mike Love that held that band together. The reason there's still the reason there's still a band called the Beach Boys touring and not just a bunch of records that we all remember and love is because Mike Love kept that whole thing going. He was the brain so behind was, the whole thing. Was Mike Love the most sober one of the group? Absolutely, uh, the only mile. sober one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he would, yeah, yeah he Mike Love is the Beach Boys. He he licenses one love, bro. And, and, and it's it's true. These Mike used to indulge, and I talked to him once on a plane, and he told me, I said, "What did you used to drink?" And he said, "You name it: Scotch, gin, bourbon, rum, wine, you know, beer," and then. He had like a, a spiritual awakening, man, and he stopped, whatever you want to call it. And these well, guys it, died. It, you know, they're all uh, casualties of drug abuse. It all starts with alcohol. But anyway, I mean, Mike pulled back from the from the edge of death, and he is the Beach Boys because of that today. He uh, he also he was a big time transcendental meditator. If you guys remember the Maharishi and the Beatles and all that, and they oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We had the, oh yeah. As a matter of fact, we had the, the author of that book on with us as well. Uh huh. Really? But yep. but you know if Mike if Mike hadn't had a, a sober head head on him and a genius for business and a genius for seeing what how to keep that band on the road. We we just have albums. We wouldn't still have the Beach Boys. He just Mike Love money. is the Beach Boys. He's licensed yeah, the name. I mean, yes, what Ron just said to you is exactly. Hey, there Brad. is no Beach Boys without Mike Love no. having a sober head, and he 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 has filled in everybody. Bruce Johnson does Brian Wilson. Bruce Johnson wrote a song called I Write the Song that Barry Manilow recorded. He has his son playing bass or something in the group. And he's got Stamos, John Stamos yeah. from that soap opera, the really great handsome guy. He's got him John playing Stamos. Drums. Yeah. That guy tried he to hit me at a bar, but I mean, that's for a whole other day. Mike yeah. Love is... Still rocking it with the best of them. I Here's mean, a quick like, question. My last question, and the, the surfer is going to just shut up for the night and let it for the OG. <laughs> Here's the quick question, boss man. Okay. Do you think that freaking good old Jimmy Buffett was ripping off the Beach Boys, brah? I want to hear this right now. When he did what, Margaritaville? Hell yeah, fuck Margaritaville. <laughs> you think that song's a rip off of the Beach Boys? 
I just think the whole gimmick, bro. This guy probably, I'm thinking about Jimmy looking at the Beach Boys, seeing the competition. There's five guys, these five studs, and then you got Jimmy like, hey, I'm going to steal the spotlight. Fuck Jimmy Buffett. I think Margaritaville sucks. And uh, Beach Boys for life, bro. Thank you guys for coming on. Margaritaville is not that bad a song. And I met him. In New Orleans, because Rita Coolidge, I was dating her. We flew there. We went to Buffett's house, and but Margaritaville is like a pretty cool song, man. I mean, it's, Bro, you know, like you have some good buds. That's the most important thing. Well, you know, <laughs> everybody smokes a little bit. But how about his song? You know. Uh, Wasting away in Margaritaville. Now, this is a song. I'm just giving. I'm just busting Jimmy's balls. That's all. Hey, he's a very talented guy. Yes, sir. Uh, really... uh, Rocky Pamphlet is our guest here. Uh, I just want to uh, do this real quick here. I want to know who uh, we got coming on next week. Uh, we have Phoenix Kid. Uh, we have Wayne Palmer, and we have the W O A D. That's she is the W O A D. Uh, she's like the female version of Rokishi. Now back to the show. Uh, so, Rocky, you know, I was going to mention, uh, ask you about uh, John Stamos. You kind of touched on that. Now, you, did you meet him? I've never met him, but he I've seen him. He's a great drummer, and he's handsome as hell. I mean, what what more do you need to know? That's why Mike has him there, you know. But there is, I, there I is was, one other song, Beach Boy, and that's a guy named Al Jardine who could sing like an angel. And he was with the Beach Boys from the beginning, but he wasn't a Love and he wasn't a Wilson, but he was he was a yeah. The one part. guy that's a non-family member, Al Jardine, was Brian's first friend that he met and got together, and they were musically hooked up to, before there was Mike Love. You know, it was uh, you, Brian and Al. Al could sing and play guitar beautifully. Man, that's group. I mean, do you feel like it's like? almost sometimes who you know instead of what you know? Well, I mean, you know, here it is, fun like I just told you, Al's the non-family member. Their first number one hit, the Beach Boys, was Help Me Rhonda, the Al Jardine sang lead on. Even though Mike was their, you know, lead singer. For... Get around in my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. You know, if you if you if anybody ever wanted to pick the top five bands in the world that everybody knows about, the Beach Boys would be one of them. They're still Be- one Beach of the Boys. Best known. I would say Beach Boys and Beatles would be the two names yeah, from sort I of mean, that time period. Yeah. You yeah. know, every every year they have these contests, the best albums, this, and almost every year it comes down to the Beach. The the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and the Beatles, I mean, the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. Yeah. You know, I mean, those two albums are really classic. There are, you know, there's a lot of, let's not forget the Stones or Cream or, you know. And then well, now, hey, now, let awesome. me ask you, because I heard this debate the other day on the Howard Stern Show, because one of his, uh, one of his guys loves listening to this. And I, obviously, back in that time period, everything came out was vinyl. Would you still prefer, if possible, to listen to a vinyl record now than maybe like a CD or an MP3 or like the streaming services we have today? Well, I love vinyl. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's better. You know, but you got to take okay. care of it. You know. You oh well, yeah. It. Like that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Well, uh, that, that kind of almost derailed us. So uh, we got Rocky Pantler as our guest here, and uh, we have the uh, master behind the scenes in Hollywood, uh, uh, our, my buddy Ron there. Uh, real quick here, uh, before we run out of time, uh, let us know, guys, uh, uh, where uh, our fans can find the book, um, where to get it, and uh, then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. I have one more question, and we'll kind of wrap it up. And I appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to join us. And I Go wish ahead, we would have had you on originally when you're supposed to because this has been great. But uh, <laughs> we might have to have you on again because I know there's more stories to tell. Hey, hey, let's do We'd it. Hey, hey. Go I ahead, still Ron. want to know about the T-Bird, but all right. <laughs> yeah, let's sell some books. So it's the book is called The Beach Boys Endless Wave. The Beach Boys Endless Wave, and it's on Amazon. And you can order it either in a paperback or a Kindle. And if you get the paperback, and mail it to us. We'll, we'll we'll get Rocky to sign it and send it back to you. And it has colored pictures. <laughs> the book. <laughs> yeah, but, so it, it's a pretty darn good book too. You'll get a kick out of it. There's a bunch of stories that Rocky wisely kept under his hat, so you'll have to buy the book. Well, <laughs> way to go. <laughs> hey guys, can, can I just say this? Look, this is a book about saving a guy's life, but not just some guy. You know, I mean, this is the the Mozart of pop rock. I mean, Brian Wilson, when he finished Pet Sounds, the record label didn't get it. They didn't think it was, like, you know, hit singles. And so Bruce Johnson, who was Brian Wilson's villain, went to Europe with Keith Moon, I think it was, and he took had the album. And the second day they were there, they get a call. Paul McCartney and John Lennon are in your hotel room in, at the Hilton. And they want to listen to the album. And after they listened to it once, they said, can you play it again? And they just listened without saying a word. It was like they knew that Brian Wilson was the genius. Even Sir George Martin, their producer, says Brian Wilson is the guy. Okay? I'll yeah. tell you what. Here's what we're going to do, guys. Uh, and uh, big swing. I, I I hope you're you're geared up for this because here's why I want to do this. I want to get our uh, I want to get our show over more. I want I want to keep you guys on for a little bit. Uh, our uh, regular studio time uh, and record time is about to end in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, we can go up minute forty one over that. What's that? Fifteen. Well, I don't know if we can get fifteen. Well, how about ten? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I'll okay. go as long as I can, man, but they might kick me out of here. Okay. Okay. Go as long as we can. All right. Well, can, can, can you guys stick with this for a little bit longer? Sure. All right. So yeah. here we're going to – our regular feed is going to about to end here in about 120 seconds. If you want to catch the rest of this interview, you need to go and download it because now I'm going to ask the question. Uh, uh, we're going to have him share his story. I know he mentioned that uh, – I know that you mentioned that for the good stuff, you have to buy the book. But what I'm going to do is ask you, uh, so our fans go and download this show. Uh, in about 60 seconds here, I'm going to say go. And I want you to tell us the coolest blockbuster story about being on the road with the Beach Boys that, uh, you know, that doesn't spoil people from wanting to buy the book. But when I say go, I want you to go ahead and let loose and tell us one of the coolest incidents that ever happened 
when you were on uh, when you were backstage, not on a plane. It seems like all the stuff seems to happen on a plane. I want to know <laughs> something that happened backstage with the okay, boys. Okay, I got one for you. <laughs> yeah, well, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. We're gonna let we're gonna let our uh, our actual on air time run out, and then when I say go, okay. I'm gonna let you go ahead and do that. Uh, okay. uh, go ahead right now. Oh well, one of the coolest or weirdest was I was in Santa Monica at Brother Records Recording Studio that Dennis and Carl ran and owned. And I'm there with Ryan's wife, Marilyn, and Stanley, Stan Love, and we're and Dennis comes into the studio. They're in Venice Beach. Santa Monica, Venice. Anyway, he comes in and he sees me and Marilyn standing there talking. And Marilyn tries to introduce him to me, and he just walks right by us and into the recording studio where Stan is, and he he says to Stanley, I find out later, he goes, who's this weird fucking Rocky guy? (laughs) (laughs) And Stanley said, he's not weird. He's my best friend from Oregon. He was the, the running back star. And anyway... You had to see Dennis to believe him. God he was a little rest guy, his wasn't soul. He? he was a little guy too, wasn't he? Well, he was, but he was tougher than uh, you know nails. I mean, he was he was a guy that felt like he was about six five. I think. Anyway, yeah, Dennis tell him about was it, Rocky. Rocky, tell him about the night that you he he tried to get into that club. Where was it with no shoes on? Oh, <laughs> with no shoes. All right, well, first of all, Dennis is probably one of the handsomest guys. He's got this gray hair. So when Steve Love was managing them, and Stan Love now is a Laker playing for the Los Angeles League, they decide to go out with Dennis. And they go to this Redondo, uh, I mean, this a Red Onion in, in Venice. And, uh, and Dennis is barefoot. And he tries to walk in, and the bouncer says, "What the fuck are you doing here? You got, you got, you can't have your shoes on." And this guy, Dennis, goes, "Do you know who I am? I'm, I'm the Beach Boys." And tries to bum rush the guy and go past. And the bouncer karate chops him right in the neck, knocks him down. And this wow. other big bad, we got Stan Love there now too, with Stephen and Dennis. And Stan Love is six eight, and this great big Hawaiian Samoan bouncer guy grabs Stanley around the neck. Stanley has to pry his finger back. Stephen does a one, two, three knockout punch on the bouncer. This oh, all happens shit. in about ten seconds, and they grab <laughs> Dennis. They grab Dennis and Stan and Steven, run out of there with them. And, you know, I mean, that was their big night out. That's in my book. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the, the fight lasts about 10 seconds. That's about how long uh, a big swing lasted against Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson's punch out was about 10 seconds. More like when he lasted in bed with the last chick he was with. No, I'm just kidding. No, hey. Here's a quick question for you guys because you guys got me on this topic <laughs> that was real pretty quick. Funny, actually. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to be real. I have a quick Oh my god, who the hell cares? I care a little bit. I care a little bit here. 
Uh, was there ever a uh, was there ever man? You got me off the you got me off base here. Was there ever like a, uh, a a situation that you wanted to put in the book and the book came out and you know because I know how that is. There's things that you might say on a podcast or on whatever on the radio and you're like shit, man. I want to say this but I didn't mention it. Was there anything in the book that you wanted to mention that after you published the book you were like, man, I wish I could have put that. And if you could have put that, can you let our uh, listeners here know? Well, bro, you know as well as I do that, yes, of course, there are many things. Many things. But, I mean, you don't really think I'm going to tell you the worst of the things right now that I wish I could have put in the book. That's for part two. (laughs) Yeah. If I told you what I wanted to put in that I didn't, I would get sued. Oh, shit. That's cool, brother. I I feel you on that one 100%. Well, think about this. You know, the book is called The Endless Wave, but coming to the bookstores near you next year, The Endless Summer. (laughs) Come on. You're such a – come on, Icon. And uh, I'll tell you what, guys. If you do a sequel, I Thank you. Uh, if you guys do a sequel to the book, I will write the foreword. Shut okay. up, hey. I love you. Come on. I'm not gonna hit the button again, but I could have. <laughs> what did you have in mind for a forward? Uh, Thank for you, guys. For a beginning. Uh, Let's hear it, Icon. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I would talk about. Uh, I would mention about how. Uh, you Rocky interviewed Pamplin. a stripper before you interviewed them? Well, I, I say, you know, Rocky Pamplin, probably the, and I'm not just saying it because it's you, but Rocky Pamplin, probably the coolest guest that we ever uh, interviewed on our radio show. And he wrote a great book, and he realized because he was on our show, there was so much more to tell, and this is what the story is. If you want to know what it's like to uh, ride the wave of fame and fortune with the Beach Boys, this I don't like that. I don't like that. First off, can I just give my suggestion? This is a suggestion. Yeah, sure. First off, they're not riding the wave of these guys. Without, I mean, of course, with Granite, with the sober guys, these guys were helping these guys during dark times, probably times that they can't even mention. But I give it kudos to these guys because these guys actually probably help make some of these songs go to number one on the charts. And you know what? Thank you. What we really did was save Brian Wilson's life. He'd already written his songs, but we did save the man's life. He's almost 80. And he got him back on tour. Got him back on tour. Got him back on stage. Now, uh, uh, he's alive at 78. I mean,. I mean, the guy, I worked for him when he was 35. We, they thought he was going to die next week. God bless you, my man. Uh, yeah. We got, Rock, we got Rocky Pamela's our guest here. We got about uh, four minutes left here. Then we definitely got to wrap it up. But uh, now I was kind of curious, guys. Now, uh, you know, you wrote the book. Uh, have you gotten any feedback from the Beach Boys about the book? Well, I will tell you this, that Stan Love, who is the star of the book with myself and Stephen Love, has said he loves it. He absolutely loves the book. And we're we're talking to Mike Love about doing a movie about it. That's we beautiful. Want, you know, and Mike yeah. Love knows that this is That's the first awesome. book, the first book that has really uh, 
presented him positively and and the leader that he is and and we anyway you know I think we're going to uh to have some interest in this. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to put this out there. If you guys do a movie, I would like to be an extra in it. Oh, my God. This is the third time tonight. (laughs) 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 You're in. I'm marking you you down right now for an extra part in this. (laughs) I hate to jump on Icon's boat, but I'm a surfer, so I'll cut that hair a little shorter, but I will wish they out. Wait, wait, you're gonna be in the opening shot surfing, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. I can get there that. Go, I can get that Otto. situated. <laughs> there you go, Otto. You can be do your surfing stuff. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, though. I'll surf you, Danny. I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll even sweeten the pot. If you guys do a movie, I'll come out and carry your bags and get your lunch and stuff too. <laughs> you're on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Done. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, uh, we, you know, we got a couple minutes here. I do appreciate you taking time uh, out of your schedule, and uh, I appreciate, uh, uh, Ron, that uh, you uh, were able to grant me uh, a pass to, uh, to come back on. Uh, like I say, we had some technical difficulties the first time you're supposed to be on, and, uh, you know, it was it was really awesome. Uh, and I think Yeah, it really was. Great show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, man. You guys are you. Guys you you uh and you get uh, bored down the line we'll we'll come back you guys are a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> thank you, bro. And, uh, thank you. you know, All right, uh, <laughs> Shaka. Uh, Ron, I I noticed uh I noticed you said that if you know if we buy the book we can send it to you. Uh, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, some listeners are tweeting. Uh, would you be able to send me an address where we can uh, send the book and have you guys sign it for us? Sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, and real quick, do you guys have any signings happening in the uh, Barnes and Nobles in the Huntington Beach area? No, but we'd like to. Well, hey, I'll go and talk to the Barnes and Noble manager tomorrow for you, Brad. Okay. Yeah. I'm serious. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there any day. Just you go there and set it up. I'll be there. Okay. You know what? Well, I'll be talking to Icon and talk to you. Rocky, I got one quick question for you though. Uh, yeah. You know, you'd be there for a book signing, but let me ask you this: What if uh, uh, some are, some older generation ladies show up and they want you to autograph their Playgirl magazine? Would you still do that, or is it just book only? Shaka, bro, no problem. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and one last question for you: I got to ask you, you: Did you get to keep any of the Wheaties boxes? <laughs> I have one. <laughs> You know, you I mean, I'm still. a model. I keep everything, you know. <laughs> is the cereal so in it one still? Co- so, so you got one, you got one, uh, is this, well, you, you it's keep split in half. I have the cover on one front side and, you know, and then the back of the cover where they were selling a poster of me on the, on the other, you know. Now, did, did you keep the, did you keep the cereal in it or is it just a box? <laughs> no, we threw away, we ate the cereal. <laughs> Yeah, no cereal. It's, <laughs> my sister actually kept it for me. That's, oh, that, that's awesome! Because you know, I, I can I can big, I can picture Dennis like uh, on this on this shelf you got uh, the Wheaties box, and you got on this one you got uh, in the middle uh, of the the five framed uh, copies of Playgirl that you're in. 
Are you guys uh, still catching waves? <laughs> uh, that's quite a visual. Anyway, you know, you know this, the, the title of this Ouija's commercial is kind of funny because it's called What the Big Boys Eat. Ooh. <laughs> Whatever that means, you know. And if in West Hollywood, it means a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a song. I can't remember it or I'd sing it for you, but... Uh, Anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, it was a great honor to get on the cover of the Wheaties box. I did this commercial out there in New York. and it, Okay, quick little anecdote. There was a guy that I flew out there with me from L.A., to, and he was the quarterback. But on the very first play, he goes down with a knee injury, and I have to replace him. First of all, he couldn't throw the ball, and he couldn't catch. But anyway, it was it's in the book, and... Um, I wound up, you know, this guy was good for doing the eating the uh, cereal out of the bowl at the end, with the milk dripping down his face. I don't know if you remember that part of it, but what the big boys eat. There you go. You know, and real, real, real quick, Rocky, then we'll let you go, but I don't know if you knew this or not, but there is actually a GIF uh, out there uh, where someone has got you as a GIF where you're chomping on the cereal. And it says, I'm a big boy. I don't know if you knew that or not. Well, you, uh, that is a video. You, is that what you're talking about online? Yeah, yeah. Someone turned it into a gift and just sent it to me. Yeah, I mean, you can you can actually, I guess, just uh, Google it, Wheaties thing. Maybe it needs my name or something. But, uh, yeah, it shows me eating this bowl of, <clears throat> excuse me, this bowl of cereal. Oh, hell yeah. There's some hat in that cereal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you why I'm chomping uh, away. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I wink. I think I wink at the camera once. Maybe Ooh, that. that's sexy. You, you, you Let's talk about that wink. I, I love it. You love it. I And I love it. But I'll tell you what, though, guys. Uh, uh, we do got to get out of here. Uh uh, I do appreciate you guys uh, hanging with us that extra 15 minutes. Uh, you guys are wonderful. Now, well, thanks uh, for having us on. I mean, you guys have really been fun, truly. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Now, Otto, remember, if you want to host, uh, if you want to start your podcast uh, next week, uh, you're free to host. I was not going to be here next week. I will be there, gonna... bro. And we're going to get I'm, the ratings up the fucking roof. Yeah, keep yeah, the I, surfer I, on. I dig them. Yeah, yeah. I'll be hey, over here. Hey, real quick. Don't be afraid when I hit you up on the DM. Okay. As, as you know, know, I'm going to so get you. I know the manager. I'm not fucking around. We're going to get shit uh, happening for you guys. Okay, make it happen. Make it happen. So, Otto, Hell yeah. Otto, Otto, um, over here. As Don't you know, worry. Icon is going to be moving to the state of Minnesota. He's going to be moving out of North Dakota into Minnesota. So, uh, before we go, uh, I just want to give Icon a little Minnesota tribute here. Uh, I was born in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Oh, well, then you'll appreciate this, too. We're going to yeah. see you next week, and we're, and we're going to end on the Minnesota. Hey, Lois is your wife. You should be defending her, not talking trash and gossiping behind her back like some kind of Midwestern teenager. Did you gals hear about Allie Gallagher? She let Alan Ackerman smack her in the back with his tallywhacker behind the snack shack. What? Nobody here in Maryland understands a single word you're saying. You should move back to Minnesota. I can't go back. I Snapchatted Matt Gakarak a Kodak on my ass crack. And on that, we are out. We'll see you next week. Dead man walking. Dead man walking. You've done it now.